We made USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora. Always lit. Talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 13, Episode 76. He's Dave Brian. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here this Wednesday, Steelers Nation. Dave, a lot to talk about today. A lot, a lot of things coordinator related, but first, how you doing? I'm feeling better these days. Uh, got our appointment with a neurosurgeon a week from today, and uh, right on cue, my, my back has been clearing up on me it's like they they they, it's like uh your health knows these things when you Mm -hmm. have key key appointments coming up but uh i probably haven't felt this good since uh since the end of august and uh so keep your fingers crossed that, that 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 continues you know one guy that probably hasn't felt this good since about that time as well as well as anthony miller wide receiver anthony miller with a shoulder injury this summer was placed on ir uh resigned by the Pittsburgh Steelers yesterday to a one-year deal. And so a bit of veteran wide receiver depth, a guy that can play inside, can play outside. We had just talked about, I guess, on, uh, what was it, uh, Friday show, I believe it was, you know, that we didn't think this guy would come back. He'd probably just move on, but Pittsburgh deciding to to kind of keep some some veteran guys in-house. And, you know, Miller's been a talented player, went healthy, and just had that nasty shoulder injury last year. So Anthony Miller, you know, we'll see how far he gets, assuming he makes it to, to at least camp, anything beyond that. Doesn't seem to be guaranteed, but Anthony Miller back to Pittsburgh on a one-year deal. Uh, and, you know, we kind of said if it does happen, it would probably be a veteran uh, uh, veteran benefit deal. And with it, with this being announced as a, as a one, one-year deal, I'm, I'm betting that's what it's going to be. Uh, as, as I stated, man, he, uh, uh, he certainly looked rocked up <laughs> last off season there around OTA times and all like that. I mean, if there was one guy on this roster, uh, on the off season, uh, roster that, 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 I mean, really looked to be in, I mean, they all look in great condition. I mean, uh, go, uh, especially compared to me, but, uh, uh, he really looked rocked up and I think he was, you know, seemed to be, you know, I, I guess when did it was, when did he hurt the uh, shoulder? About mid, mid uh, excuse me, mid August around there. Okay, uh, so it, it was after the start of training camp, but 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 yes. before uh, preseason games and all. So, uh, uh, how did you view? I mean, did he stick out in 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 training camp? He had a nice start to camp. I was looking back at my notes about the first week or so, and then actually kind of began to fade, lose some reps as Pickens and others started to emerge, and then was hurt. But so I was, it was a decent start that kind of began to fade. Then obviously it all ended very quickly. Right, right. Well, um, you know, he, we'll see if he can make the roster. I, I really think still the odds are kind of against him. Uh, the special teams value that he provides for this team would be more as a returner. 
And, you know, obviously he was, he's going to be on, you know, near, near the bottom. I mean, he, he could give you something out of a slot. You know, I think if you go back to his time uh, with the bears, I mean, his, his, it seems like his, his pro, most pro productivity uh, at the NFL level has been kind of slot, you know, situation. This is, this is a team that really could use some slot, you know, help, uh, you know, wherever they can get it from in, 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 in 2023. So, uh, you know, they got him back under contract for a one-year deal. Now, now we'll see if he can hang on throughout the rest of the summer. Right. Obviously, this move does not preclude this team from adding receivers at any other step in the offseason, be it for agency or the draft, just a, a veteran guy there in the back end uh, that can play inside out and, and has some NFL experience, which is going to be valuable to a room that, that's pretty young right now. So that is the latest on Anthony Miller. Switching over to the Steelers coaching staff, Brian Flores, still a Steeler for now. And one place we, we know he won't be going to is Cleveland. The Browns, despite Flores interviewing for their defensive coordinator position, they have hired Jim Schwartz. That move came out on Tuesday morning. And so Flores still in the mix. Uh, we at least believe so for the Arizona Cardinals head coaching job. And actually, there's been momentum kind of signaling Flores could be a, a favorite there. Also, the Atlanta Falcons putting in a request to interview him uh, for their D.C. vacancy. But we know that at least Flores will not uh, defect to Cleveland. Yeah, uh, I, but I tell you that that news about the new general manager and Monty Austinfort with the Cardinals, that really got my attention, Alex, because uh, you, you start digging through the history of both Brian Flores and Austinfort. Those guys spent a lot of time together in New England. They came up through the scouting department together. Uh, I think Flores even mentioned, well, he did mention uh, Austin Fort uh, when running down some things back when he was, uh, I think it was uh, close to the end of his tenure uh, with the Miami Dolphins as their head coach. I, I think they were preparing to play, I think, the Patriots at the time and just talking about, you know, their uh, – uh, you know, people that come out of that organization and all like that. And, uh, look, I mean, these guys spent a lot, a lot of time, uh, with each other, with the Patriots. So, and, you know, coming up through the scouting department, like I said, there's so, uh, these, these two know each other and it, at this point, I mean, and look, I mean, I, I would think that obviously Flores would want to be returned to the head coaching ranks. You know, before being a defensive court, you know, wouldn't want to settle for a defensive coordinator job if you really thought there was a chance to get, you know, to make a run at a head coaching job. I think this is a little bit of a game changer here. So it's going to be, I think, most interesting to to, to watch how this head coaching search for the Cardinals uh, turns out. And once again, the main reason behind that is just the this, the strong link history between Monty Austin Fort and 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 Brian Flores in, uh, in New England. Right, and if you're into the betting odds world, Flores' odds really went up and became a co-favorite at one point uh, after that GM hire was made. Now there's Sean Payton out there, and I think Arizona. Everyone's trying to land Sean Payton if they can, and there's some reason to believe why Payton would have interest in going to Arizona. Uh, he seemed to like Kyler Murray coming out whatever it's worth and you know we this all gets complicated and in the weeds i know that some of the what co people in in brian flores's lawsuit are suing the cardinals like steve wilkes like ray horton and so would flores go to arizona who's you know being part of that suit against them we can talk about that for a long time i'm sure 
Um, but it's certainly a lot of connections there that, that, that as you said, kind of raises the uh, antenna on Flores potentially going to uh, Arizona. But right now we know that at least he won't go to Cleveland and we'll just kind of take that day by day. Yeah, Jim Swartz back there. Boy, he's been around the league for a little while, and he usually puts together some pretty, pretty, uh, pretty stout defenses. You know, if if memory serves me and all. So, uh, uh, but you know, once again, with the with the All Star games coming up, and you know, teams are going to want these head coaching vacancies filled. You know, as as soon as possible, and uh, you know, I guess what technically technically we've got about what two more weeks or so uh, before before the All Star games start uh, uh, getting up and running. So, uh, you know, true or false, we'll have uh, our answer to Flores leaving or staying by February first. Oh yeah, definitely by then. I think maybe even by close to week's end because I think the dominoes will start to fall pretty quickly. Again, I think Sean, Sean Payton is like Aaron Rodgers last year where the whole quarterback carousel didn't begin until Rodgers made his decision to return to green Bay. And then all the other wheels got set in motion. I think everyone's trying to pine for Payton right now. If he even goes to a team, he could just sit there and say, I don't like any of these offers. I'm going to sit back and wait. Uh, You got Carolina, you got Arizona, Houston, potentially they're all showing a lot of interest in him. So until until I think Peyton decides what he wants to do, nothing, everything else is kind of on on hold. And then once that domino falls, I think those wheels will get put in the motion pretty quickly around the NFL. Yeah. Uh, do you think it would behoove? Is it a right situation for Flores when it comes to a defensive coordinator job? In other words, do you think he'd pretty much take any defensive coordinator job uh, at this point, or do you think it's it's got to be the right one for him? Uh, or do you think he might say, no, nah, I'm good for 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 one more year. Let me uh, let, let me work on my stock a little bit more here. Yeah, it's hard to, to 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 know for sure what's in his head. My mentality for these coaches is if you have an opportunity, take it because you don't know if you'll get that same opportunity next year. We can talk about Byron Leftwich. It's seemingly about to be fired, not official, but reported that Leftwich will be fired by the Buccaneers of Stero C. One year ago, Leftwich was one of the hottest names for head coaching jobs. I mean, he was always about to go to Jacksonville, and that fell through. He had issues with the GM, Trent Baalke. Uh, that whole story played out, and now he's you know totally fallen out of favor. So I think when these guys assume that job will open up next year, there is no guarantee of that. So uh, I think if Florence gets an offer, just my assumption, my guess, is that he'll take it no matter what it is. Now, do the now I know the Steelers wouldn't get any compensation for 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 Flores leaving, you know. Uh, uh, but do the Cardinals benefit by a minority head coach hire here in in, in a draft pick comp- compensation? No, the, the team that hires gets no compensation. It's a team that loses that would get compensation. But in Flores's case, because he's not been here for two years he would not get it even right. if he became the Cardinals head coach. Okay. I, I was more focused now on the point of would the Cardinals benefit in right. any way of some sort of pick. I can't remember. No, uh, to my knowledge. No. Okay. Uh, so we'll let you know about Flores there. Uh, big news of the day yesterday. It, it is now Wednesday. Matt Canada is still the OC and the typical timeline would strongly suggest that means that Matt Canada is staying, but for what it's worth, a report came out from the athletic on Tuesday that apparently Mike Tomlin has been dealing with a personal issue and basically all the uh, player exit interviews, all the coaching decisions have been put on hold. Now, that does not necessarily mean that Canada will be fired. It just sounds like apparently it hasn't been discussed much, if at all, and no decisions have been made. And so this timeline could be unusually extended because of Tomlin's personal circumstances. 
that I guess, you know, would, would still make the point that Canada's status is still up in the air. All that, all that minutiae aside, and we don't know how much of that is true. It isn't true. And what, what, what the real behind the doors time frame is at this point, other than that report on, uh, on, on, uh, Tuesday there, uh, I'll tell you this, Kenny Pickett sure sounded like in that, uh, interview with, uh, Cam Hayward on his podcast that if, uh, if a change, if, if Matt Canada is not going to be the OC, uh, in 2023, that would be news to him right now. Yeah, and that was a recent recording because they were referencing some of the wild card action, and so that's not like it was uh, taped, you know, two weeks ago just for the context of it. Um, you know, we'll see. It, it's I, I guess it's he up could, in the he air. could be the last one to know. You know, it's not like they they are they are uh, obligated to keep the players in the loop here. You know, when it right. comes to this. I mean, if it hadn't been discussed by the coaching staff, then Kenny's just going to proceed under the assumption for now until told otherwise that Canada is the OC. And that's basically the approach I'll take right now is I'm not going to guarantee it, but I'll proceed with the assumption that Canada is the OC until until he's fired, until he's not, until told otherwise is going to be my my approach right now. I know that, you know, I saw some people, I think I saw one Pittsburgh columnist today saying that, you know, Pickett seemed to really be banging the table to keep Canada around. I didn't get that sense in, in, in the comments that, that Pickett made uh, on Hayward's podcast. But, um, you know, again, I'll just proceed to Canada as the guy until he's not. I mean, what is he supposed to say on uh, uh, about Canada when asked directly about him on, on a podcast? Like, a, yeah, well, you, you know, obviously you're going to say, you know, good things uh, uh, when it comes to that stuff. But I, I just, when, 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 when listening to it and listening to the context, and once again, he might be the last one in the building that knows about it. And, 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 and that very well could be the, the case here. I just kind of yesterday got the overwhelming feeling that there's not going to be a, you know, there's definitely not going to be a change mm-hmm. now. Not, not, not that it couldn't be because the whole, you know, timing thing and the, the Tomlin personal matter, and maybe some of that's been put on the, on, on, on the back burner and all like that. Maybe lo and behold, you know, we'll get halfway through this show and they, they come out uh, with an announcement, but the, the things that we, I think we've established at this fact are, are, are what Matt Canada's under contract through 2023. We're pretty, pretty sure about that after, I think two reports by ESPN. I think Dulac was was mm-hmm. the other one there. Uh, so within that, if they were going to make a change at this point, it would be a firing uh, or a retirement. <laughs> Still getting always not. Uh, that's always that statement is always going to stick in my head. Uh, a firing uh, or a retiring. Uh, and not a didn't renew the contract situation, as was the case, you know, most recently with with Randy Feetner and Todd Haley. Right. And so we know in Pittsburgh, they do not fire coordinators. It just does not happen. Not that it can happen, but historically, you know, you got to go back 20 years to find the last coordinator fired after a season. Just to kind of expand on what I was kind of getting at, you know, Cam Hayward asked Kenny Pickett, you know, talk about your relationship with Mike Tomlin and Matt Canada. Mm -hmm. And he started with uh, Pickett started with Tomlin and went on this long two minute, just, you know, glowing review about Tomlin. I go to war for this guy. I love this guy. He's helped me so much. I love picking his brain. Then he talked about Canada for about 15 seconds and just said, hey, he recruited me. It's been good. I mean, he said nothing bad, but he didn't go on this long 
monologue about Canada the way that he did Tomlin. So to me, nothing that Pickett said, you know, really was him advocating so strongly to keep Canada. I'm sure he's fine if he stays, if he goes, you know, it's whatever. But I thought some of the local media guys are probably making too much out of those comments that Pickett had, at least about whether or not he would want Canada back. Yeah, but but within that though, I I mean there were still some nice comments that he he had about you know Canada listening sure. to him and second half of the season and I mean it, you know it, it's it 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 wasn't anything probably not expected, but it was right, like, but again it goes back he, to he what, what did you expect lip to service say. it right, but but yeah, I I don't think he I didn't get the feeling that he just lip serviced it either. No, I kind of felt like he kind of did. Okay. That was my my view of it. But maybe, regardless, maybe you, you have some anti Canada bias working in your head. <laughs> no, look, I, mean, I, I, I said for a while. I, I, I don't care which way this goes at, at, at this point. Other than, I'll tell you this: <laughs> this team needs to score more points. They need more explosive plays. They need you know all the things that we we talked about all throughout last season. So, uh, uh, and and I think you know I left off that I was fifty one percent. In, in in the corner of thinking that Canada would be back, I, I, I I'm I'm bumping mine up to about sixty two percent now. Yeah, I've been kind of in that direction. More likely than not, he's staying. Even as some of the local beat writers were pretty confident he was getting fired. And again, we'll have to see. You can't, you know, nothing's been announced by the team yet, and and there's been no no official report. And again, the reporting yesterday said that no decision's been made, but. You know, I'm I'm of the mindset that Canada, whether you like it or not, and I know most people will not like it. I'm of the mindset that sure. Canada will be back next year. Well, here's the thing, too. You know that I'm, you know that that's in my head now. Just man, let's let's get past this one way or the other. Either either let's find out if he's if he's not going to be back, and then you know see who the new offensive coordinator is going to be, or you know let's find out that he stay. You know, all the daily bitching about it you know, is just nauseating at this point, you know, you know, uh, uh, you know, if if he stays, is there going to be just incessant complaining of, I mean, move, move on. (laughs) I mean, the answer is yes, but I mean, not, nothing anybody says or does, uh, complaining about it's going to change it, you know, uh, that that's I think that's one of the hardest parts about this is just seeing people go on and on and on and on. We get it. We understand. You know, we we have we have talked uh, about it. You know, uh, probably if we both had our druthers, they would move on. Uh, uh, but you know, the fact of the matter is that it's it's really starting to look more and more like you know he's going to be around through 2023 at the least. Right. And obviously you respect whatever Tomlin has happening in his personal life. And, you know, he needs to take care of that first. But at some point, this team will have to make a decision probably by week's end, you would think, just because with the senior bowl coming up and with other teams, you know, I know that not no head coaches have been really hired yet, but that's going to happen pretty quickly. Their staffs are going to get put together. Those wheels will be put in motion um, pretty soon. And so, you know, I imagine this team's going to have to make that decision on, on its coaching staff within by, by week's end, I would say. I mean, there's like six offensive coordinator jobs around the league open now, right? And a potential seventh one with the Buccaneers. How much do you buy into the they're waiting to see what happens with Byron Leftwich rumor going around? 
Yeah, I never really bought into that. And if we take Feels the manufactured report, to me, but it ahead. does. And if you take the report that Tomlin just hasn't made that decision because of a personal issue that hasn't given him the time to make those decisions, then that throws cold water on the idea they're waiting for Leftwich. Now, Leftwich appears to be on the outs in Tampa Bay. So I guess we'll probably get a, a sense of how true that quote unquote report or rumor is because it sounds like Leftwich will be fired. Not has not happened yet, not guaranteed to happen but appears to be trending that way on a personal level. I mean, I'm no, you know, Canada fan, but I'm not swapping Canada for Byron Leftwich, who, you know, was just as criticized and just as justifiably criticized as Canada was this year for the very conservative offense they ran down in Tampa Bay. I mean, does it feel like the right process? You know, we talk about process a lot of times. Does it feel like the right process? Well, Oh, well, we'll stick with Canada unless this, you know, unless this guy, yeah, you know, that's not how the Steelers typically operate. You know, it, it just, it, it all, and look, it, 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 we'll see if it plays out, but, oh, okay. Byron Leftwich is available. See you, see you, uh, see you, Matt. Uh, we're going to bring in, left. we'll see if it plays out that way, but it, it just, the whole, that whole thing feels manufactured to me and has, you know, right from the start a few days ago. Yeah, I don't really I don't really buy it. I mean, we'll see. Again, I think we'll probably be able to get an answer to that because it sounds like Leftwich is going to be gone. And so that'll address whether how you know how true that rumor is. But I don't buy it right now. I really think the process uh, what what ends up happening with Leftwich uh, would be that if he is fired, that he ends up as a quarterback's coach, go, goes back for, you know, uh, goes backwards first before he goes back. To, to be an offensive coordinator. However, common there, what was it about a year and a half or so ago? He was the hottest up and coming head coach prospect. Let you know, uh, and now you know, time moves fast. Right, and that's where I look at, and this is an, an aside, but I look at a Ben Johnson who's staying in Detroit, and hey, credit to him to turn down opportunities to become a head coach somewhere and, and stay in Detroit with Dan Campbell. That's a, a sense of loyalty that you don't see often in 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 any. Uh, aspect facet of of the world but especially in the sports world but you know they got to strike while the iron's hot and you worry about if, if things go awry in detroit next year do you miss your opportunity so um yeah i think you, the guys have to jump on opportunities when they can that kind of goes back to flores where if he gets a chance to go somewhere you, you have to take it all right it is now uh wednesday will we have some finality by friday at 5 p.m one way or the other well, the issue I have with that is if Canada stays, they probably won't tell you. They'll just not announce anything. And so how will we know officially if he's staying? We probably it, wouldn't get something that. would leak out something, wouldn't you? Wouldn't it? Has it before? I mean, I don't uh, know. Maybe. Um, or would we have to wait for the Rooney bat signal to go up at the end of the uh, right. end of the month? Uh, and then him say that that he you know be asked point blank if he's staying and then get the answer that's, that way. Yeah, that's kind of my thought. And of course, if Canada still the OC by late January, that already tells you he's staying. So, you know, if he's fired, I think it'll happen by by week's end. Although we don't know the exact nature of the personal issue that Tomlin apparently is dealing with and and how that affects the timeline. So again, for me, I'm just working under the assumption that Canada is back until I am told otherwise. Okay. Uh, one other piece of coaching uh, news. 
Uh, Mike Tomlin, not known for his coaching tree, but there might be some roots planted here with Grady Brown, who's going to be the D.C. for the national team for the Senior Bowl. And so the uh, Senior Bowl kind of changing up the way that they uh, have coaching staffs used to be just teams, full staffs of, say, the Steelers and the Titans would have their coaching staffs down there just making up names there. Now it's going to be just individual coaches picked. And so Grady Brown, uh, the Steelers defensive backs coach, who most people might not know, um, will be the D.C., for the senior bowl, which is going to be good for Pittsburgh to be able to have a guy that works super closely with some of those prospects. And then really just seems like a nod to, you know, Grady Brown getting some recognition around the league, kind of a young guy spent a lot of time in college, two years in the NFL, you know, could he become a, an eventual coordinator somewhere that seems possible. And so that's uh, something to, to look for on the horizon. Yeah. How many interceptions do they have this past season? 20. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that, that, that'll get you attention, won't it? Uh, yep. It's, riddle me this, uh, <laughs> Bat, uh, Batman. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely Robin. Uh, are you a Robin? Yeah. That, that makes so. me Batman, then, right? That makes no, you I'm, Batman. I'm, I'm, that I'm seems the, more like I'm the Joker, probably. <laughs> uh, that's, that's also true. Okay. <laughs> uh, down at the Senior Bowl, do you get any access to, to any of the coaches? Uh, some of the head coaches will talk. Actually, they they do they do talk on media day. Uh, not the assistants, to my knowledge, but the head coaches speak. So you don't think there'll be an opportunity to maybe pull 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 Grady aside? I don't think so. Probably not. Unfortunately, uh, be interesting if you could, you know. But uh, uh, that was just uh, that's been in my head been since it was announced to to, to ask you about. Yeah, but we'll be, we'll be watching him down there and see his interaction with uh the, the, with the players. And again, that's always good for the team and just kind of as a nod to, you know, Brown getting some acknowledgement from the NFL that this is a guy maybe on the rise. And he was a total unknown when Pittsburgh hired him. I mean, he had just taken the Houston job, literally, five, and it's just the uh, Houston college football job, five days before Pittsburgh decided to hire him as a defensive backs coach, kind of assistant to, to Terrell Austin at the time. Then Brown became what he's a guy once Austin became DC this year. So, um, you know, players have really credited him uh, well. He knows the college game well. So there's probably still relationships that he has with some of those guys who'll be coaching. Really interesting to see. Did you get into comics much as a kid or no? No, nah, never been much of a comics guy. Sounds like you have a little bit. I mean, I was at, you know, at, at, you know kind of, I guess, kind of early stage there. You know, I was more of a Marvel guy like like Cam Hayward. However, you know, Batman, I mean, he had the Super Friends and all like that on TV and, uh, you know, read some Batman and and and, and that line. But I was more of a uh, a Marvel Spider-Man, you know, that that, that kind of stuff there. But uh, right. not, 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 not for a long period of time. I had a, I, I don't know, probably needed money and sold them off at one point. Uh, today are you still kind of in that stuff today or no that, no that no I, I ain't got i ain't got time i mean <laughs> oh just like the the marvel universe not even comics yeah but just, oh I, look i mean I, I i like i like uh i mean i like some of the movies that uh uh you know that uh birds of the prey that i talk about margot robbie and that and now all that series uh those movies i like those i haven't been keeping up with with uh man they make a movie about any of them now it seems like <laughs> now you know but uh, some of the major ones I'll, I'll pay attention uh to and all like that but as far as, as you know reading comics and staying up to date and and, and all like that no nah, i i look it's 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 football for me and war documentaries during the off season <laughs> that, that's there you go it. 
All right, bringing it back to Pittsburgh here. I've kind of, this has been going around on Twitter for, I don't know, a week or two now. And a lot of it just the Twitter games that you and I aren't too super uh, keen on talking about. But Taylor Lewan kind of made it hard to ignore yesterday. Uh, Lewan, the uh, offensive tackle for the Titans, has been some, uh, yeah, I don't know what you want to call it, pushes to get Lewan to come to Pittsburgh, the jersey swaps, that whole Twitter world, and Lewan responding to uh, one. Jersey, uh, Jersey swap of him wearing black and gold, saying something like that. Uh, uniform goes hard, and so Lawan expected to be released this offseason by the Titans after a long list of injuries. You know that'll be a conversation about you know could Lawan come to Pittsburgh? Uh, I think, and two Jersey Jerry and Taylor Lawan, uh, both of them uh, in the, the Lawan podcast, kind of part of the Barstool. And they got so many podcasts. So, uh, yeah, I think they're both. Uh, they work for Barstool. OK, I, I don't know how contrived that might be, but uh, I'll tell you this. Uh, Taylor Lewan has been up front <laughs> uh, getting out ahead of this and, and saying that he expects to be cut by the Titans this offseason. And that's not unthinkable to uh, to two uh, serious knee injuries in the last three seasons. He's uh, got a hefty base salary due uh, due to him in 2023 of uh, nearly $15 million. He's uh, on the wrong side of 30, as you would say, although Jay, how does Jason, how does Jason Peters keep, keep <laughs> playing at 40 years old? That, 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 that got me the other night. All, however, comment he did leave uh, leave that game. I think with a hip injury or something like that. But uh, uh, age and injury history with Lawan and salary, he, he's going to be a street free agent by March fifteenth. I think he's pretty convinced of mm -hmm. that. So that's why he's kind of getting out out ahead of this. And good for him. You know, get get your name out circulating in the market and. Uh, him commenting on those colors uh, of the Steelers, and uh, why wouldn't he say something like that, right? You know, uh, uh, get those, get those uh, irons in the in the fire out there early, uh, way before you're even released at this point. Uh, now, the plausibility factor here, pretty low to me. I, I would think is pretty low too. Now, now, you know. Once again, the age, the injury history, uh, you know, the, price. The, the, the the potential price, and then you know, when you look at the uh, the already the players that are the, the the tackles that are set to be unrestricted free agents, and we all know how that group kind of grows through players getting cut here in the next several weeks and all like that. It's not all that attractive, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, Orlando. Uh, uh, What's his name? Brown. Brown yeah. uh, he might end up being franchised, you know? Right. Uh, so that, that, and, and what's going to happen with McGlitchy uh, in the 40, that might be another one. So it, we, you could get to a situation here in the next, I don't know, four weeks from now where Taylor Lewan looks like doesn't look that bad, you know, for a team might maybe want to add a veteran, uh, a veteran tackle at a, at a, at a half price, if you will. So I, I think when you, when you look at this, like we look at it very objectively, it, I will, you know, it's not impossible, obviously, because they could make anything work from, sure. from a salary standpoint if they wanted to. I just find, I, I will be very surprised if Taylor Lewan ends up in an actual Pittsburgh Steelers jersey <laughs> uh, this off season. 
Uh, I mean, you got to be careful because I mean, we you, you got to be careful speaking in absolutes because you know, right. we see these things. But just all the signs when when you look at him in a situation in the market and yada yada. I, I, once again, I'll be surprised if he ends up with the Steelers. When I say price, it doesn't mean the Pittsburgh couldn't afford him. They absolutely could if they wanted to. But how much are you going to pay for a soon-to-be 32-year-old tackle that played two games this year, 13 games last year, five games in 2020, 12 games in 2019, you know, et cetera? Just been hampered by so many injuries, both big and small. You have Dan Moore, who's progressed. Um, you know, not impossible, as you said. I don't want to completely rule it out but it just doesn't seem likely just based on Lawan's history. Right. We're, this is the welcome to the silly season where <laughs> this won't be the first situation like this where, you know, we're discussing Jersey swaps <laughs> and yeah. p- p- potential guys and all like that, you know? Yeah. Lawan may want to come to Pittsburgh, but will Pittsburgh want to bring in Lawan to me, the Jersey swap is as close as he'll get to playing for the Steelers. Uh, but as you I said, agree. You can't say 100% no. I mean, there are some things that you understand why that would fit. You know, is he a better player right now than Dan Moore? Maybe when they're both 100% healthy, sure, but there's the health aspect. There's the continuity aspect this team will want to have with its offensive line that certainly grew and got better. Um, resources better put with its defensive line or other positions. You know, A, let's first see if Lawan gets released. We assume that'll happen, but that's got to happen first, and we'll see who else is available and, and take it from the, from uh, from there. Isn't he the one at one time said Miles Garrett was a better pass rusher than TJ Watt or Did something? He? I know uh, he's had a lot of controversy. Uh, I at the very least it would set up for some interesting training camp battles. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, a nasty dude. Like Lawan yeah. definitely is a guy that gets after it. Yeah, I I I I I could foresee some skirmishes, some brouhaha's. Hmm. That's a very old school old school term there. Um but yeah, I just think with the, with the injury history alone, just not enough there to to really make it worth it. But it's something that certainly caught uh, Twitter's attention yesterday, and so we wanted to to mention that to you guys. Right. Did they have interest in Lawan coming out back in 2014? He was a higher pick. Oh, wasn't he a Michigan guy too? Wasn't he? Yeah, I mean that, there's a Tomlin, Michigan man, so I guess just just on on that alone, uh, probably. But I don't know if there was actually anything uh, we would have a visit to visit or a pro day. We would have uh, to look to look through the database, which I'm assuming you're probably doing right now. I am. I'm not seeing Lawan as a pre-draft visitor. Uh, I, I just assume they were at the Michigan Pro Day because they're usually at the Michigan Pro Day. Tomlin is, but I don't know that as, as a fact right now. All right. Anyway, uh, Kenny Pickett, as you mentioned earlier, was on Kim Hayward's podcast that uh, went up yesterday. Um, nothing earth-shattering that he said. Had a lot of praise, obviously, for Tomlin. Talked about Canada a bit. Some of the comments that we discussed talked about George Pickens and Deontay Johnson, Connor Hayward. Anything? What, what was the most notable thing that Pickett said in your mind on that podcast? Big Jordan Addison fan, Kenny Pickett mm. is. I wonder why Good that point. is uh, uh, there in... Uh, you go back to March of 2022. He had that. Uh, what's that guy's name? Adam Adam Brenneman. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think he's a former. Was he a former Pitt player? Uh, so. As well too. Had Kenny on his. Uh, I guess you call that a video cast. Uh, back uh, pre-draft March of 2022, and you know Kenny said, you know, uh, uh, he'd be banging the table for uh, whatever team winds up drafting him. 
uh, to draft Addison come that time. And then fast forward to the Cam Hayward uh, interview on the podcast uh, yesterday or uh, and, and, and all. And once again, the praise for Jordan Addison. And uh, I don't know about some of those numbers he threw out in the 40. Well, uh, uh, really think Jordan Addison going to run sub 4-3 or even I- low 4-3? I just started my tape study to profile him last night. No, Addison is not a a 4-2 or even a 4-3 guy. Yeah, that's kind of my initial thoughts on it. Very talented guy. I mean, mm-hmm. with, without a doubt. I mean, he's, he's uh, and with, with good reason, more than likely going to be a first-round pick. And I think the question is, obviously, is where uh, in, 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 in the first round? Is it, and, you know, I think, predominantly he played in the slot during his college career. He's a very versatile guy, I think, overall. Uh, and Lord knows, we've already said a few times since the season, this team could use some slot help. How plausible is it if if a guy like Jordan Addison were on the board? And, and let's let, – because we don't know, you know, all these things change. It's it's middle of January. People have guys mm-hmm. slotted right. here. They could go later. They could go earlier. All those kind of things. So let's let's throw out there the first two picks the Steelers have, seventeenth and thirty second overall. How plausible is it that uh, they 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 draft Jordan Addison if he's there? Either one of those two picks. In mm-hmm. other words, is sure. is it unthinkable that this team drafts another wide receiver? with one of their first two picks and specifically Jordan Addison, I guess is the better question there. Yeah. The, the position is where I struggle a little bit. I think they'll, they'll like Addison. They know him. He's a slot guy. He fits pick it or want him. There's a lot of reasons that in a vacuum for this team to be interested in Jordan Addison, I assume they will be, will you draft a receiver with a first round pick or almost, you know, by default, de facto first round pick with other needs that's where you kind of start to wonder about that um, based on Weidel's uh, approach of building through the trenches, the need this team has in the trenches, again, how they fill things in for agency prior to that point can certainly impact needs and uh, what you value and what you're looking for. Um, but I struggle with that a little bit, but no question in my mind that they're going to have interest in Jordan Addison. I agree. And well, whatever level of plausibility you just gave that, I'm going to overbid you by one, $1. Ah, you price is right in me. Yeah. Uh, I, it, and a lot of it has to do with who is Calvin Austin the third, you know, uh, that's a big, big question mark right now. Well, you know, we kind of know who Anthony Miller is, yeah. Look, once again, this team needs slot help. It. I'm not advocating anything here. I'm just saying that it would be an interesting decision to have to make if he were on the board with one of those two picks uh, and he's staring you in, in the face. Right, because he plays in the slot. He fits what you, what you need right now. This team doesn't have any proven guys in the slot. You know, Sims, Olszewski, they're not anything outside of really return guys. They were forced into that role last year. Austin, you hope you can get something out of him, but with a foot injury, you're not quite sure. Um, and even if you had, you know, Austin and Addison, I mean, you're four deep at receiver to protect yourself versus injury and, and ro- rotate guys, and they have different skill sets. I mean, Austin and Addison aren't the same player. They're going to win in different ways. And so there's a way to to have all those guys have roles on this offense. So it wouldn't necessarily, you know, prevent you from playing Austin at all or anything like that. Um, 
still watching Addison in my own tape study. I have a profile on him by week's end. All right. Um, but I can Fantastic. certainly see the uh, the intrigue there that Pittsburgh would have in him. Right. Anything else from Pickett? I think the rest of it. I, I thought some of the comments that he made about you know improving his off-platform throws, kind of being able to extend the play, watching Josh Allen, watching Patrick Mahomes, getting better at uh, you know making those off-schedule type moments, and, and it was kind of an interesting comment that Pickett made about what he'll be trying to take away as he watches the rest of the playoffs. And look, we got to see a few of those late in the season there. And man, when you, when you go back and you rewind just this past weekend and see some of the things, some of these quarterbacks did, I mean, Dak, Dak Prescott, you know, just uh, really, really had a solid game uh, doing some of those things, you know, and, and as we've said time and time again, I mean, in, in today's NFL, you've got to be able to play out a structure. Yeah, to to a degree at least. I mean, my I wrote the article yesterday said that you know eighty percent of quarterback play is foundational. It's inside structure. It's inside the pocket. The other twenty percent is where the magic happens. That's where you become a Mahomes or a Josh Allen or one of those top tier guys that can separate themselves from the rest of the pack. And you know, Pickett's never going to ex- exactly be Mahomes or Josh Allen, but you it was encouraging to see him be able to extend the play and scramble and throw off platform to his left and to his right and. Those will be things he'll have to do if he wants to really become that eventual next tier top 10 ish type of quarterback. Uh, some credit to Brian Flores as part of that interview, right? Right. Talked about two minute drills and back in training camp, how I believe Flores advice essentially was, you know, during a two minute drill, you got to take, you know, one good chunk play and then you can kind of check down and take what the defense gives you the rest of the way before you take your shot to the end zone. And that was Kind of what happened, I guess, what against the Ravens on that throw to Steven Sims and maybe to a lesser extent against the Raiders because it was a bit more check down heavy. But there was that one nice throw to Pat Fryer. We thought the move out of structure off platform type play there. And uh, then eventually you, you take what the defense gives you. So, yeah, uh, that's that's the value of having really smart, good coaches like Flores, where they help your defense, obviously, but they can help your offense just as much. All right. And a, a little bit of praise for Connor Hayward as well, too. And kind of an interesting. uh quote within all that yeah at the very end you know praised hayward up and down for the job he did the versatility but kind of made a reference to getting him in the backfield more and you know i think for hayward the value with him is within his versatility and so the more that he can do the better if Derek watt leaves that could potentially open up different roles and different alignments for for connor hayward so a lot of praise there and uh the, the guy they call meatball cam hayward calls him <laughs> meatball which I don't know. Does he look like a meatball? I guess he kind of has that that vibe. Yeah, I I I think it kind of kind of fits. You know, uh, look, I I I had a terrible take about this not too terribly long since the season ended. Kind uh, kind of knew what we were getting with with Connor Hayward coming out and all, but uh, I in my I I think he exceeded that man. You go all the way back to uh, what uh, camp in the preseason. Uh, those hands of his. Uh, Really, really sticky hands. He's got a very nice catch radius, especially for a guy uh, his size. You know, uh, I mean, if this guy was six foot, you know, three and a half, six foot four, uh, you know, he would be a lot more marketable as as an all around tight end because you could, you know, attach him to the line of scrimmage probably more at that point there. Uh, But within all that, uh, Saul, I mean, 
split zone stuff and moving across the formation and getting some of those cut cut blocks done. I thought he improved it, uh, uh, in that aspect. He's a guy that I think you can throw out there for 200 special team snaps and get production uh, that way as well, too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I what we, what we learned about uh, Cameron Hayward in his 2022 rookie season, I think, is that he's going to be around the NFL for a little while. You know, it's probably a good thing that Hayward isn't 6'3", because if he was, he wouldn't have been in the sixth round. He probably isn't a stealer right now because he got knocked for the the lack of size and, and the tweener aspect and, and where you play him. But what, what Pickett said was, and I and we had this thought whenever they drafted him in our pre-draft evaluation, you know, whatever you want to call Connor Hayward, tight end, fullback, H-back, slot receiver, dude's a football player. Dude just makes plays. You line him up, you tell him his job and he gets the job done. I mean, he really kind of grew, as you said, as a blocker, as a receiver, uh, as a runner, occasionally, you know, sealing the Raiders game, uh, two carries, two first downs for 27 yards. Uh, This guy just makes plays. He did it in Michigan state. He's doing it now in Pittsburgh. Right. So uh, that probably is the ball from Kenny Pickett. Good conversation there. Yeah. That Hayward podcast is pretty solid. I, I think it's always pretty entertaining i think he's getting better as time time goes along he was obviously on the nfl network this past weekend and makes appearances on there you probably see him on there uh moving on through uh the off season and you know around combine time and all like that i mean cam's definitely got a future in that stuff uh after football and and you know, a lot of people probably, you know, when the Steelers aren't doing good, they don't like anybody having shows or podcasts <laughs> or, or anything along those lines. And and that's got to be tough to juggle. You know, I, I, I would imagine. But I think I think can look, I mean, I, I the Ben Roethlisberger podcast is good, too. The only thing about that is I can't drink anymore. So all the, <laughs> you know, all the beer and alcohol taste and all like that, none, none of that, none of that interests me. You know, where but I'm I'm also a minority in that in that realm too. You know, and I understand the premise of what they're trying to do there. But yeah, you know, when they actually talk football and all like that, you know, I, I and have guests on, I I think they're doing a good job. But uh, yeah, I, I think that interview with uh, with Pickett that Cam had was was a was a very good one. I think Cam has definitely gotten better, but to kind of your point, it's probably gotten better because the team wasn't two and six anymore and they weren't right. just talking about getting their teeth kicked in. They were, you know, having success and the season's over and it's kind of a lot more fun and, and laid back than talking about, you know, why you lost by by 30 points. Yeah, I know that Ben has what his live show, I guess, in uh just about a week. He's got uh Cutshaw, Andrew McCutcheon is gonna be a guest. That's gonna be kind of cool. Wow. Just, uh, just from a general Pittsburgh sports standpoint. All right, right. Uh, that probably wraps up Kenny Pickett. That was all that I had to talk about today. Dave, anything else that you wanted to to make mention of? Um, Actually, one last thing. I had my first uh, NFL draft uh, player profile go up today. Speaking of receivers on Zay Flowers, the receiver from Boston College. And, you know, I I might be a little bit lower on him than some others. I know that he's gotten a first-round buzz, and he may very well go there. I like his tape a lot. He's kind of my kind of guy, the, the shorter, explosive guy that separates, creates space. You just worry about how much value and how much stock you put into a guy that's 5'10", if that, a buck 70 that may not have that elite, elite burner type speed. You know, is he really going to be a focal point of your offense and and, and how do you value that? But I, I wanted to jump on him first because I think that's a guy that Pittsburgh is definitely going to have interest in in this draft process um, for the slot value, for the receiver run game type stuff. And you know, we love playing the Blues Clues in the connection game here. You know, Dino Tomlin transferred to Boston College. Tomlin went up to one of those games this year where Flowers had a, a big contest, big performance against Rutgers. And so there's just a lot of 
a lot of tea leaves there that leads me to believe that the Zay Flowers will be on Pittsburgh's radar. Where do you come? Where Where do you come down on him uh, as far as grade and 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 potential round from? And obviously, you're just scratching the surface and all this. Yeah, again, I think he probably will go higher than what I had him graded out as. It's kind of a, a third round pick, just because. You again, if you're like five, nine and a half, five, ten, a buck, seventy five ish, and you don't have that elite four, like he's a, he's a fast guy, there's no question. But is he a four three, you know, Calvin Austin type guy? I don't know if I quite saw that. And so, what is the ceiling in terms of your role for the offense? You know, are you going to be really a true X receiver or like a high volume kind of guy that justifies that pick? I don't know. And so, I kind of was dinging him for that. But the tape is a lot of fun. He's a talented player, a really good guy, it seems like. Um, and it would not be, you know, a bad acquisition for this team. Now, see, he, he's a senior bowl guy, isn't he? No, I think he got an invite. He's going Shrine Bowl. He's going, Shrine, he's going out your way. Yeah, Shrine Bowl guy. All right. Uh, that that That's interesting in and of itself. Uh, yeah, the senior bowl apparently wanted him. He just chose the, the Shrine Bowl, apparently. Mm, interesting decision there. Yeah, so you guys, I, I wanted to talk to him. I thought for sure he'd be a senior bowl guy. I looked him up. I went, dang, he's going out. Go. So you go talk to him. You go talk to Zay Flowers. But we'll have, uh, we'll have our people, uh, uh, you know, the five that we have coming out here. I'm sure at some point we'll get a get a chance to to sit down with him. Yeah, and what's interesting about him is just some of the off the field of character stuff. I mean, this guy had the opportunity to take a big NIL deal. It was reported just in the way that Jordan Addison did, leaving Pitt to go to USC, and, and Flowers turned it down and stayed in Boston College. And you don't see that stuff too often. I think Pittsburgh will like that. Dude is a one of thirteen children, big big family. He's actually the fourth oldest. That's why he wears number four. Um, yeah, very much a high character guy. It seems like so. I think we'll check all those boxes for Pittsburgh. And again, Tomlin. Went up to that game, the first game of the year, I think it was in early September, because Pittsburgh was that was that where the fourth preseason game would be no longer there. That was kind of that mini buy. And so Tomlin went to that game to go see his son, obviously. But Zay Flowers had 10 catches and two touchdowns in that game. I guarantee you Tomlin saw that and and, and that caught his attention. And so that's going to probably be something that, that sticks with with uh, with Mike Tomlin. All right. Uh, who do you, uh, we're starting to put together these, you know, kind of real, uh, in-depth, uh, sheets for, uh, uh, you know, these all-star games and all like that. Uh, and got the senior bowl sheet kind of cobbled together, uh, late last night and all, uh, of, you know, and, and you probably haven't had a chance to go, go through it, uh, meticulously. And, you know, I've just kind of done the surface work on it myself. Who, who, Throw out a couple of names that you're you're really interested that, that kind of have you intrigued of seeing down there in Mobile. Yeah, honestly, I don't have any good answers for you right, right now. I'm just so new. I'm just kind of going through some of the guys I wanted to hit initially, which was Flowers and Addison. So this time next week, I should have a better answer for you. Right. But I just really have to kind of go through the list myself. Okay. All right, Dave, anything else you want to talk about? Or do you want to get to reader emails and close out today's show? All right, I guess we can power through some emails here. Sort it real quick here. Joseph Thomas writes in, first time emailer. I just started listening last year and I love the content. I have a Hall of Fame question. You guys are very honest about Heinz Ward's shot. And I, I and while I do not disagree, it made me wonder about some other players. One of the main arguments that I, he says that I have heard 
you guys make against Ward is that he was never the guy in the league, meaning he was never a top two or three receiver. Again, I agree, but where does that leave a guy like Cam Hayward? He is not the best to do it at his position in his era, but I think he will find his way to Canton one day. Do you guys think he has a shot? Even Big Ben is never uh, was never the best at his position in his era, but he arguably a first ballot guy. I do not necessarily disagree that Heinz Ward will not make it to Canton, but I think it has more to do with position group than it does than he has never been the guy. Is that fair to say? I mean, it, it, it's a different. I mean, it, it's 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 a logical way, Joseph, that you have laid this out here. Uh, for starters. Uh, uh, wide receivers, such a more higher profile, you know, the skill positions, the ones that, that uh, put up the touchdowns and the, and, and, and the catches and all like that uh, all make it more. And it makes the log jam a lot deeper too, where, where we currently sit in this thing. And uh, the fact of the matter is the eras and all like that. I mean, we're, we, we've kind of have graduated from, from the Heinz Ward era now, and there's still a log jam from that era that you would think would potentially get in before Heinz Ward strongly considered. And then as that process takes place, you're going to have some of these guys from the kind of the, 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 the era past him uh, start, start to get in line as well too. I think that adds that compounds the problem when it, when it, when it comes to Ward specifically, I mean, uh, uh, throwing out Cam Hayward, that, I mean, that's, that's obviously going to be a, a, a very interesting discussion and concerning within that is the fact that he didn't get another pro bowl this year and he didn't get an all pro, uh, uh, nomination here. And how many years does Cam Hayward have left? I mean, if, 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 if Cam Hayward was to walk away from the game right now, Alex, is he a slam dunk Hall of Famer? No, not slam dunk. Not even close to slam dunk. So what does that mean? What does it mean? <laughs> it means he's got a ways to go. And yeah, I think, and I know sometimes people will laugh, but especially Pro Bowl, you know, it's all silly. It's arbitrary. No one should care. But it matters a lot to these guys, especially when we look at Hall of Fame resumes, you know, 10 years from now, 15 years from now. And for Hayward to miss out on both Pro Bowl. Now, I guess... I guess you technically get credit if you become the alternate and get called up, quote unquote, to the Pro Bowl. Do you still get credit for that on your resume? Yeah, I think you do. Uh, I, 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 I believe you do. I think it still goes in in your bio there. But uh, how closely is that looked at by the voters? We don't know. You know. Well, my point is, yeah, they won't care about if you were an alternate and called up ten years from now. They will see Pro Bowl as another. Yeah number on there. So that'll be a good thing. So we root for that. If Super Bowl, if injury creates an opportunity there for Hayward, but uh, missing out on the all pro certainly, certainly hurts. Um, just to, to clarify, or at least I, I think for, for both of us, at least for me is we're not saying you have to be number one at your position every single year, but you got to be one of those top guys, you know, top three, top four. Ben was for, for a long stretch. And of course, you know, quarterbacks always judged by Super Bowls and he's got, uh, you know, two of those for Hayward. To me, I think he's, for a time, it's basically been a top two, top three defensive tackle right behind, of course, Aaron Donald. And so I think Hayward's been in that category. It just because his career got started later, you know, didn't start until his third year, didn't get the Pro Bowl recognition because he was a DN listed initially and was competing with actual edge rushers. Right. And then That's a good that point. Hurt him. So it was just such a late, it's a little James Harrison, like where things kind of got rolling a bit later in his career, not as extreme as Debo, obviously. Um, I think Hayward will be close. He'll be in the conversation. 
He'll have to really be productive the next two, three years, but it's still going to be an upward climb for Cam Hayward. I mean, look, you string together a couple more 10 sack seasons, uh, especially uh, uh, some of that tape that he's, I mean, that, that long, that long arm and that bull rush, man. When, and, and, you know, another thing that doesn't get talked about enough either is that, you know, the past, the past bat downs, man, you know, uh, especially when, when, when guys up front like that, and not that it's the entire package at all, but I mean, when you do put the entire package together, when you talk about Cam Hayward's tape, I mean, there was nothing, you know, uh, all that. I mean, there were a cut there. Obviously there were a couple games early on in the season where he didn't have the production to get some guys that you probably thought maybe he should, but they were also able to kind of heavily scheme up on him on top of that too. Right. And, you know, quarterbacks getting the ball out quicker. Uh, I, I, I didn't find anything overly concerning about Cam Hayward's 2022 season, uh, no. uh, at, at all. And I think Cam still has at least one. And, and that was his what third double digit. That's when you get, get the attention is when you hit that double digit number in a year, you know? Uh, and that was his third. I mean, can he have, you know, two, two more double digit numbers. And can he, can he get, you know, at least one more first team all pro in there? Yeah. I think what matters is just the overall resume. It's less about double digit numbers, but what are you going to end your career with? And if he could hypothetically get two more pro bowls, two more all pro teams and a hundred career sacks, then I think he's got a, he's going to have a pretty good shot at that point. Can he get to that? That's obviously pretty lofty. I think he can hit a hundred sacks. Can he get the two all pros when he didn't get it this year? You know, got some young guys that are going to be sticking around in Jones and Simmons and Quinn and Williams. It's going to be a tough group to crack. That's probably about what he has to do to really have more comfortable footing to get into the Hall of Fame. Here's the other here's the other argument with it. Go, kind of going back to the whole Heinz Warren, the wide receiver position and 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 log jam and more guys, quote unquote guys, if you will, is, you know, how big of list can you build right now of let's say guys that have played in the last uh, eight years that you could say, oh, that guy's, you know, there's Aaron Donald, right? Uh, in other words, what's that list look like? At the position? Right. Yeah, I mean, it's the blessing when you, when you and the don't, curse. When you don't conflate the, is that a word? Confl- uh, Conf- conflate? Conflate. Uh, when you mix together, uh, what what would that word be? Uh, uh, let's just say when you when let's just say water down with with using four three defensive ends when when talking about guys like Cameron Hayward, you know. Yeah, I mean, obviously, true, true defensive ends versus you know three four defensive ends. Right, and that's why they they call him a D tackle now to kind of get lumped in with the interior guys, and that's been you know that that wasn't an accident that happening, right? Oh no, one hundred percent on purpose. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like the first or second year, they they called him that. He started making a bunch of Pro Bowls and All Pro teams, and and so again, didn't make his first Pro Bowl or All Pro team until he was twenty eight. Just kind of got late in that process, and in part due to the designation and his production has has ticked up in recent years. Um, Again, Aaron Donald's your your, your slam dunk guy, your first bout. No one else is going to compare. But you're right. Who else really is there from this era? I have to go down through a list, um, but that might bode well for Hayward because he's going to have one of the better resumes. But it's all relative to who else is on the ballot that year. Right, right, right. But I mean, when you when you do look at at it positionally, you know, I, I think it bodes in his favor from just what we just said. 
Sure, but he's still got work to do. I think to, to, to answer your question, if he retired today, does he get in? No, I think he's got basically no shot, so he's going to have to really continue to be his typical Kim Hayward self for another two, three years to even really kind of get remotely close to, okay, this guy's got a pretty good shot. I'm sure we've managed to anger some listeners with that conversation there. But uh, anyway, Cameron Blackburn writes in, X versus Z receivers. He said, I've had multiple arguments in the last week with professional verified football writers uh, about uh, the receiver designations. They keep telling me Deontay is a Z and George is an X. Furthermore, AB was a Z and Martavis an uh, X. Any clarity you can provide uh, would be much appreciated. Thank you for, for your service salute emoji. Uh, your friends are wrong or whoever you're, you're talking about. Uh, Deontay is an X and, and Pickens, uh, more the Z now, however, you know, George did play some, you know, some X in college, but you know, uh, primarily as, as far as, especially this, you know, Deontay overall throughout his career, he's he's been an X receiver, and AB was an X receiver, and Martavis was a Z. So if you are Cameron, if you're the one arguing that your friends are telling you that Deontay is a Z, uh, you need to school them a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, traditionally, and there's been more mixing and matching, but the Deontay was drafted to replace AB to be the next closest thing to Antonio Brown. So they were X receivers. That just that just designates where you line up on the field. You know, Deontay can be a Z receiver on a play if you put him on the strong right. side. The X receiver is the backside receiver away from the strength of the formation. The Z receiver is the strong side to the strength of the formation, typically the tight end side. And so that's all it means is, is the designation of where you align. Now, Deontay most often is the X receiver. Pittsburgh runs a lot of 11 personnel, three by one. And so that puts Deontay as the backside X. Although, again, that's been, it's not as cookie cutter as it was in the AEB days because back in the AEB days, he would go three by one. You'd force defenses to either shift and rotate coverages to AB and basically declare we're double teaming this guy or single him up one V one. And then AB would just win those matchups every single time. So it's a little different today. It's a little bit more multiple, but X and Z is just about where you align. But traditionally, absolutely. Deontay is, is, a, is an X receiver. Pickens more of a Z type receiver. Right. Uh, Chris Lookhart writes in, since it's the offseason, how awesome would it be to have Kenny Pickett on the Big Ben podcast? What do you think that conversation would be like? A, I would listen to it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I and I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Uh, I don't think it'd be a good idea to stack him up back to back here with uh, now that Cameron Hayward's done a podcast. But I don't know, three, four, five weeks from now or whatnot. Uh uh, yeah, I, I, I would imagine that'd be a, uh, uh, one of those must tune in, uh, type of shows. Those, those two would have, I'm sorry, who was that? My, my phone was ringing. I, I got distracted. Uh, K- Kenny Pickett being on the Ben big Ben podcast. Yeah. I'm sure it'd be a good show to have two quarterbacks talk that language with each other. So yeah, I'm sure it'd be good. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll make that happen someday. Yeah. I, I think there's a good chance that that happens sometime this off season. Uh, Justin writes in, uh, Hey guys, my dad and I were debating what happened with Dick LeBeau after the 1995 Super Bowl loss to the Cowboys. He was listed as the Steelers defensive coordinator, but after the 1995 season, he took a lateral move to become, uh, the Bengals defensive coordinator. And a few late, few years later, their head coach, was he fired or did he leave on his own? He says, Dave, uh, do you recall what happened? Alex and I were still in diapers when this happened. If memory serves me, uh, for starters, I think LeBeau's contract was up at, 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 
uh, that offseason. And B, I don't think Cower, I think there were some differences in, in some opinion. I, I, and I think there were some things written at a time is, 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 uh, is Cower a little bit too strong on, on some of these uh, assistant coaches. And I, uh, I think, uh, I think the actual report was, you know, LeBeau wanted to kind of explore other, other choices there. So I don't, I don't think he was fired. I think it was more along the lines of, you know, uh, deciding after his contract had expired that he wanted to look at other situations and probably not the best of relationship with maybe Cower at the time. And he chose to go to Cincinnati. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't remember the situation there well and haven't done a lot of research on it. So yeah, he had an interesting career. I know he's always remembered for his time as a as a Steelers DC, the the father of the fire zone, but he was the head coach of the Bengals for a couple of years. That lateral move that he made. So great player. People kind of forget about what a great player he was for the Lions. So interesting, obviously very interesting life, but but even putting the the DC part aside, some other interesting kind of footnotes on his uh football days. Boy, I'd like to be stuck with him in a room for a couple of hours. Yeah, no, for sure. Or an sure. airport or something. Uh, <laughs> uh, Adam Gesk writes in, Alex has said repeatedly that the Steelers don't have a uh, shutdown corner. I'd be interested to understand further what that means. Wallace and Sutton both had a quarterback rating against under 75, as well as Pierre uh, in, in a much smaller sample size. Ramsey, uh, Terrell, Howard, Diggs, amongst uh, many other athletic and highly touted Cornerbacks have all given up quarterback ratings of 97.5 or higher while it's an imperfect stat. And I think, yeah, I, I think really that's uh, my, you know, the main thing with trying to throw mm -hmm. that stat out there is it is a bit of an imperfect stat depending on who you're facing and all like that. Uh, and he says they didn't have to cover the elite guys very often. I do wonder what you'd be willing to give up to get one of those shut down guys. Would you prefer a Jamel Dean to a Duran Payne, for instance, uh, in that. What do you mean? He wants to know first, what do you mean by shutdown corner? Yeah, I, I get the question. There is no black and white answer. It's kind of you know it when you see it. I think to your point that you made on uh, Monday's show was, do you have a guy that you feel comfortable traveling and taking on a number one receiver, Jamar Chase, any top receiver in football, Devontae Adams, you name it, you're comfortable with that guy traveling and matching up with every single snap and that's quarterback rating you know I, there's a value in it i'll be talking about it when i do my charting here soon and and yes definitely sutton great year you know really strong year for him levi wallace much better the back half of the season want to give those guys a ton of credit but you know when you compare that to a ramsey or other names those guys are always on top receivers and and pittsburgh they just play side and so you don't always necessarily see those guys. And so do you have somebody that you can trust to travel and, and to, to lock up and face that guy every single down? I think Sutton's a really good player. I want this guy back. Uh -huh. Is he in that upper echelon tier? And it's a, it's a small number. And I understand it's, they don't grow on trees. They're hard to find, but I, I just don't consider Sutton to be in that, you know, number one, true lockdown type corner uh, category. Yeah, I agree. But in the same breath, and we've talked about this when we went over to free agents. All I mean, it's a guy that you really fully expect this team to, he wants to remain here. He's a good fit here. Uh, he, you know, had, had a great season. Uh, they, and you know, just look at what else is, you know, 
there, they, they need to make every effort they have to uh, uh, to bring him back and then probably draft another one on top of it. Right. So we'll keep, we'll keep an eye on it. It's certainly one of the biggest storylines Pittsburgh will have uh, around free agency. I'll be surprised they don't resign him. And, you know, uh, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, Enrique Lopez. Hi, David Alex. First time emailer. First and foremost, uh, great podcast and great content. Well, thanks. And thank what took you so long, uh, Enrique? Uh, first time emailer here. Uh, my question is, will you guys be doing another roundtable with the rest of the crew to recap the season and discuss, predict the future in terms of needs, wants, draft and free agency opinions? I'd like to hear everyone's take on what the Steelers should do to improve uh, the outcomes next season. Thank Thanks again for all you do. Keep it up. Absolutely. We're going to be doing some of those. It's just a matter of logistically and time and, and, you know, when we can make it happen. I do. Do you remember when the first one of these we did was last? We'll have to look back. I I don't remember if we did one prior to the prior to the all-star games last year or not, Alex, do you remember? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't remember. Probably do something after. I assume whenever right. everybody's been at the event and interviewed and has some some more information. So I'm sure we'll we'll sprinkle them in throughout the off season. Look, these guys are busy with a lot of homework. Uncle Dave's been getting <laughs> them. We got spreadsheets and data galore to get these to help get get these guys ready. Uh, what do you think about that sheet, Alex? A lot more. Yeah, I appreciate you kind of hope to lay it out because it's it's really important for me because, as you know, we're kind of so late to getting on board for the draft process and the senior bowls in two weeks. And so I got to kind of get up to speed here really quickly on that. So having kind of good starting points is, is really helpful for me. Yeah, it's, it's pretty for, you know, we, we're not going to share it, but because uh, uh, a lot of time and work went in it. But it's, it's a pretty uh, encompassed, you know, with links to bios and stats and obviously, uh you know, some, uh, some rankings and, and those kind of things there. And it's kind of one place access for, for our people to kind of get around and, and learn, you know, uh, uh, you know, prior, prior to tape breakdown a lot about some of these guys. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be having these round tables and, and more than just a couple of them, I would imagine as the off season progresses, he says, PS, Hey Dave, do you like new, New metal like corn and slipknot. Uh, your intro music sounds a lot like corn. I you gotta remember my age here. Uh all that's kind of is, you know, the 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 new I I obviously can listen to it. I'm I'm more older school. I'm more of the traditional hard rock, heavy metal, hair metal uh type of stuff. Believe it or not, my wife's Bobby is 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 more into the newer metal mm. uh than, than I am. She'll be listening to something. I'm thinking, who the heck is that? You know, mm-hmm. uh, that's how, pro- you know, progressive she is in, in that stuff. But I, I'm, I'm more old school. I'm, I'm more black Sabbath and Ozzy and, you know, more, more of the older metal and all, uh, yeah. let, let's see here. Uh, what kind of, uh, you, you're all over the map. We've talked about this several times with your musical taste, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of more, I guess, a little bit more new age rock. Um, I was kind of going through Spotify's best of like 2007. So that's, I guess, not super new age, but but newer than than where you're at. Yeah, some corn came on. I'm not a, not a big fan of corn, but I guess, you know, Foo Fighters, that kind of stuff is, mm-hmm. is my jam. All right. Uh, Alexander's got a little bit of a 
Longer one here. He says, hey, guys, sorry for the long email, but want to share a take and get responses with all the recent focus on D-line and cornerback in the upcoming draft. I would like to state my case for why the Steelers should absolutely be targeting offensive line in the early rounds. Uh, first, serious uh, concerns surrounding Dotson and Moore for much of this season. They were about 10 penalties in NFL, and the eye test confirmed their poor play for most of the year. I would not use their better play in the final weeks as a as proof they will be solid moving forward to the small sample sizes of success. He says, uh, think Akella Witherspoon. He says, second, while their other three starters on our line are fine. They are not Pro Bowl caliber guys. The Steelers are a run-dominant ball control team, blah, blah, blah. Playoff teams who run heavy with over 500 team carries, such as the Ravens, Cowboys, Eagles, and 49ers have stars on the line. He says, think Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Trent Williams, Zach Martin, uh, Zeitler, Linderbaum. The list goes on. The Steelers line simply does not compare. We've also seen these past two years that it takes time for a line to mesh. Uh, you both said that Steelers' offense uh, perfected mediocrity this this year. Do you believe, as I do, that Steelers should make an attempt to upgrade this line now, or do you fully believe that this uh, five is good enough to compete with the better teams in the league when factoring Kenny and how young the offensive skill guys are? He says, P.S., I'd probably lean toward guard. Uh, Alexander, look, uh, once again, I think this team should address the offensive line in the draft at some point, and maybe even with two picks, uh, can, can you make a good argument that, that it should be a first round pick, uh, at 17, you know, you get it 17th overall and, you know, kind of historically you're looking at maybe the top guard in the draft, uh, or like the third best tackle, right. You know, mm -hmm. uh, is it is it unthinkable that they go? I mean, would I would I turn my nose up at it? No, I would not. Uh, there's there's a lot, and we talked about wide receiver earlier in the show, and 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 all like that. Uh, I I'll still stand by kind of my thought that I, you know, obviously de depends on who's there and yada yada, but. I would see them gravitating more to somewhere in the trenches like Alex and I've talked about the interior defensive line, uh, offensive line, uh, before I would say a cornerback or, 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 or safety or something along those lines. Uh, it would not, I, I would not rule out the possibility and I would not turn my nose up once again, if the 17th pick or the 32nd pick, if they stand pat, were to be an offensive lineman, a tackle guard. At the very least, they need to infuse some younger offensive linemen into this group, and maybe even two of them if they can in this draft. They do need better depth. There's no question about that. They're not going to be as healthy in 2023 as they were in 2022. In terms of you know how do you evaluate this line? It got better, and I know that Dave and I kind of joked about them perfecting being mediocre. That's where they were at last year, not necessarily where they're going to be or where they're going. You know, as this offense grows and stays intact, which it fully expected to to be, they're going to be better for it in 2023. Now, will they be the elite of the elite? Probably not, but just want to recognize that we talk about where they were at. It's going to be different to where they could be, you know, uh, next season. I, I've been of the, the same mindset. If you're going to address anything to me, left guards, the place to start, but it depends on the board and, 
Um, just depends on who's all available. So it's really hard to, to answer those questions. Uh, it is. Uh, but, but once again, uh, I mean, would not be surprised if, if, if off, they, yeah, it needs to be in the trenches. I think first and foremost, that's where they need to look. Uh, and I, I, I still find myself leaning more towards uh defensive tack. I mean, look at what they're, and we'll see what happens with Larry Yogan Joby. And, you know, if they do anything else in, you know, in free agency or whatnot here, but uh, man, as we've, we've run down the things that are going to happen up front, you know, you've got, uh, uh, Wormley's not going to be ready, uh, uh, or if he is, he's just barely going to be ready. And anyway, do you want Chris Wormley out there being a, uh, you know, a, a starter for you on defense line? The answer is probably no, right? Yeah, ideally, before the injury, a really solid rotational guy. Now with the injury, you kind of really question that. And so again, to, to the to the question of you know, you get to build through the trenches. That's Andy Weidel. We've said it before. We'll say right. it again. Andy Weidel's whole mentality is to build through the trenches and get big, physical, mentally tough dudes and so i expect pittsburgh to take that approach um both in free agency and in the draft this is where i'm at right now i I really foresee an offensive lineman a defensive lineman interior defensive lineman or a someone like jordan addison potentially being their selection that's where i'm at this right now and i mean it's it's july i mean it's uh, january 18th and we all know how much how 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 things can change and how my opinion might change but that's where i'm at right now uh, where i think this team might go and, yeah i'm basically with, with in, you. In, in their first with their 17th right uh, i'm basically with you but like you said this thing can and will change so much so it's all it's all kind of moot i guess by the time april comes rolling around Right, but once again, go back to the defensive line. Wormley, louder. Uh, uh, assuming Wormley comes back, uh, louder milk. Uh, Aluwalu is probably not going to be here. We'll see about Ogan Joby. Uh, what is Demarvin Leal? Uh, you know who 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 you know, who else are we? You know in 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 play there. Uh, Mon Montrevious Adams. I mean, he's more mm-hmm. of a you know backup guy. Uh, you know, that that's that's glaring to me right now. Yeah, I think it's Kim Hayward and a bunch of question marks. And for a team that needs to play good run defense in an AFC North that can run the football for a team that's going to ask a lot out of its D tackles, uh, it can't be Hayward just doing it all. All right. Uh, I think we've hit all of them. Alex, anything you'd like to add? Uh, no, I think we'll come back on Friday and see what the uh, coaching landscape of Pittsburgh and the whole NFL looks like and take it from there. All right, uh, almost what fifty posts on Steelers Depot yesterday. Uh, yeah, lot, a lot, a lot to read there, uh, and and a lot of scouting profiles starting to hit up on the site as well too. Hope you join us uh, on the site. Uh, in the meantime, uh, what's your terrible take about today? It is about the uh, kind of bouncing off your your wild card weekend thoughts and takes of don't dive over the goal line with the ball outstretched. <laughs> it is a it just is the juice is not worth the squeeze is my my main idea today. Isn't that sort of a Bill Belichick no no too? That is in my terrible take. It's like oh, you listen to it crap. already. Yeah, uh, where his philosophy is don't do that unless it's fourth down, fourth and goal, or the last play of the game. Never extend the ball over the goal line or stretch over the pylon where you risk the whole you know fumble touchback aspect. Right. Hate yeah. the rule. Who cares? It, it's it's the rule. 
Right. I, I apologize. Uh, and I have not listened to it. So if you got this far, listen to Alex, will make it sound a lot more smarter than, uh, than any of that, but I, I can't help but think about, uh, that was one of the first things that popped through my head yeah. and every time, and look, there's a couple of nice stretches in some games this week, right? Where, uh, not, not only goal line situations, but guys stretching for the pylon or stretching for the end zone, uh, uh, tight plays, but uh, every time I see one of those, I, I, you know, I keep going back to man, I, that's a Bill Belichick no no. So yeah. well, Nashi was doing it a lot this year, and it had worked. But then in week eighteen, he fumbles, and then Tyler Huntley fumbles, and just isn't worth it. Well, there I go being a party pooper there. So uh, <laughs> spo- spoiler alert. Uh, anyway, uh, within all that, you can follow me on Twitter at Steeders Depot. Follow Alex on Twitter at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show, theterriblepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do uh, and you want to donate, cedarsdepot.com. Hit the donate button up right navigational bar also. Uh, and look, those donations will get put put to use. We send a lot of people out of town to Vegas and Mobile, Alabama. Uh, if you'd like to uh, have an ad-free version of the site, cedarsdepot.com. Hit the ad-free button up right navigational bar. Follow, follow the directions that way. Uh, Alex and I'll be back on. Friday, who knows what we'll be talking about. But in the meantime, as always, thanks for listening to the Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex. Hey, babe, what you got there? This is a check from Carvana. I just sold my car to them. I went online and Carvana gave me an offer right away. Then they just picked up the car and gave me this. Well, that's a big check. Well, obviously you could put this towards your next car, or we could finally get that jacuzzi, or I could start taking tuba lessons, or I could quit my job and write my memoir. Or I can put it towards my next car with Carvana. Sorry, your check, not mine. Sell your car to Carvana. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get a real offer in seconds. 